Welcome back to the Black Letter Podcast. We set out to create an entertaining and exciting podcast about law and business. Black Letter, the name, comes from the Gothic typeset. Over time, Black Letter became the only font that English law books were printed in. It made it harder for kind of the common person to understand what the English law books said. Black Letter came to represent something that was law, that was set in stone, that was sort of old and a well-settled fundamental principle of law. We're here to demystify black letter law. We're here to demystify things that happen in business and law and where those two meet. And I hope you have fun listening. Listeners, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Black Letter Podcast. This week with me returning, I've got Kevin Goldberg and Barney Goodman. Kevin is the founder and chief legal officer of Greenleaf Medical. We've heard fantastic things about how he started an all-cash business with probably tens of millions of dollars over the course of years and how that's grown in the last seven or eight years to a a very significant business that was ultimately acquired by Columbia Care, a publicly traded company. And Kevin is now working for that company as well, but operating independently. This week, we're going to talk about advice that Kevin has. And we heard last week, his biggest challenge was capital because you can't get federal loans. You can't get money from federal banks that's federally backed. So you have to be creative about capital. This week, we're going to ask Kevin, Kevin, if if you're starting out in this space in particular, because we do get a lot of entrepreneurs who are like, you've got to make the leap. And you've and they're all good, good pieces of advice. But your business is so unique to me. I'd like to hear what you think for people who are like, who had an epiphany like you did, not necessarily litigating energy drinks at, you know, at the Maryland legislature and then losing and going downstairs. But they're like, hey, I would like to get into the cannabis business. And from everything I've heard from you, it's not like, oh, that's like getting into the restaurant business or getting into the t-shirt business. It's a little bit more complicated. What advice do you have for, for our listeners? Well, I think there's really two ways to get into the business. You can invest in a startup give them some money in exchange for some equity. Those opportunities are definitely there. The true entrepreneur, if they want to actually start a cannabis business, the best advice I would say is go for it. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of failure. You know, there's no guarantee that you're going to be successful, but if there's an application process and you're ready to go for it, Put together the best application you can. Put together the best team you can. Make sure you have a good lawyer on your team. And make sure... Barney Goodman. (laughs) Yes. Here's Barney Goodman. Good lawyer. Good lawyer. Through a lot. He helped us, uh, you know, just real quick. He helped us with all of our real estate transactions in Virginia, four or five of them. He helped us negotiate a buyout from um, some of our partners in the the Virginia license. And most importantly, he helped us secure a $10 million line of credit that got us through a really tough time. So uh, your law firm's been tremendous. So thank you for that. And I'm not just here to plug the law firm. I'm here to give you advice. (laughs) I would say don't be afraid of change. And I think that I started in the cannabis space in 2014. So there are challenges that I had that you're not going to have. By the same token, I have some advantages that you don't have. I'm five years ahead of you in all this. And, um, you know, I think 
the financing has become a little bit easier. I could talk about that a little more. If you're interested in getting into the space, there's a lot of opportunity, and I would just say go for it. If you go for the space, beware of old-fashioned prejudices. Uh, we negotiated a lease in Colonial Heights, a little town south of Richmond. And one of the things we look at is the zoning. And this was zoned for retail. The building was an old town. It was a former Burger King. Plenty of retail Burger King selling those hamburgers. So when we applied uh, for the license, because it was not the license, but the zoning in the city of Colonial Heights, we got a negative response. Uh, and it was negative because they said, well, it's own commercial, commercial retail for products in uh, normal retail use. Cannabis is not in normal retail use. It's a new product. And we're not going to allow it there in our town. So we uh, promptly hired a local lawyer. And the local lawyer told them, if you don't give us a license, we're going to sue you because we have a product that's sanctioned by the state legislature. It's a new product that wasn't sold before, but the Virginia legislature has authorized it. And then we did a further study. And uh, something that the listener doesn't know is that in these cannabis dispensaries, you have state licensed people dispensing the uh, prescriptions, just like going into a CVS or some other pharmacy, Walgreens, with a prescription. You have a state oh. pharmacist. So, oh, really? They're all pharmacists in the dispensaries? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. we did, so we did a little study, you know, with an old-fashioned compass and did a, a one-mile radius, and we counted about 25 drugstores in a one-mile radius, all with uh, pharmacists. And we had our state licensed dispensary. And we also talked about, uh, we got some statistics about deaths that come from uh, licensed narcotics that the pharmacies dispense. There's no, there's no statistics about people dying from marijuana. That happened. So... Right. Fortunately, fortunately for everybody concerned, uh, the city of Colonial Heights backed out, but they had this old-fashioned prejudice against cannabis. Well, I can imagine. But I guess on the bright side for Kevin, you now have a dispensary in Colonial Heights, Virginia, and it's doing well, it sounds like. We're in the process of building it out. It has not opened yet, but we will. Okay. Yes. Yes. Thanks, Bart. So if somebody comes to me, and I'll just give you a hypothetical and says, Hey, Tom, I heard about this. I want to get into growing cannabis in Virginia. That's, I mean, that's impossible right now, right? Because there are only four licenses and you have one of them and your Columbia Care, your parent company has the other. I mean, you can't, you can't do that at this point. I don't know. Is that right? That's right. You could go into farming hemp and there are a lot of hemp farmers in Virginia. And I believe they just changed the law to make it so that we can buy um, 
certain cannabinoids from the hemp farmers, not THC necessarily, but CBD, CBG, CBN, anything other than THC. Um, Interesting. We can buy from the hemp farmers. So that's an angle. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is in Virginia, you know, we're going to have most likely recreational use, adult use within two years. And with that will come additional licenses, probably a lot of additional licenses. I would say it's not too early to start planning, getting your team together. You maybe consider hiring a consultant, um, you know, and I'm not talking about like a I'm more of like a legal consultant, but more like a cannabis consultant. There's companies out there that specialize in, you know, the applications, that kind of thing. Um, you know, is maybe put you the, Kevin to people. Is there a com- like a company name or two that you think are good for the listeners? We used a company called Next Big Crop. Um, okay. I don't think we use them in Virginia, but we use them in Maryland and Pennsylvania. Um, okay. They're good. But. I'm sure there's other people that are good out there um, um, as well. So my point is there's going to be a lot more licenses in Virginia. You know, we're going to need a lot more cultivation space than we currently have in Virginia. So I think now might be the time to start an LLC, put together a leadership team, put together an advisory board and, um, you know, if you don't have the startup capital, you need the time to raise the money. So, you know, put together a private placement memorandum and raise half a million bucks, a million bucks, so that you have some capital to show on your um, application and some capital to pay for the application fees and all that. So I think there is opportunity. But okay. growing weed is not the only opportunity in the cannabis space. I really see this space going towards brands like brands are going to be the thing that has the most value because cannabis itself is a commodity. And we're seeing that in other markets where, um, you know, it's about the pricing is about supply and demand and the pricing is always going to, you know, be coming down and we have to always be getting more efficient about how we grow, you know, how, how many pounds can we get, you know, per light, that kind of thing. The real value I see that's unique is the brands. And branding's hard because each state is a different micro economy. So like we grow in Virginia, so we can grow our G Leaf brand easily in Virginia. But we don't have a license in, say, Delaware. So we can't put the G Leaf brand in Delaware. The benefit of you know, being with a company that has licenses in a lot of states is that they can put a brand into a lot of states. Like Columbia Care has a brand called Classics. It's a really cool. Um, hold on a second. I'll grab it. So, Barney, do you know, is there are there federal trademarks on Greenleaf? I assume we've had applications in uh, Maryland and Virginia. And federal uh, votes. Uh, we've got state application. So I'm an IP attorney, Kevin, and you'd have to do a state application because you're not, you can't be in interstate commerce, which is a requirement for a trademark. <laughs> so that's it, interesting. And it, 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 it depends according to 
our partner David Ludwig, who's really running this stuff. It, yeah. it depends on the examiner you get. It does, yeah. Well, for a while, the trademark office had a policy of denying all marijuana and cannabis-related marks for many years, and we would have to advise clients, you know, ways to work around it by trademarking, like, all right, put it inside the label of a shirt. Let's see if we can at least get your brand protected and start making shirts with that label. Um, but uh, the, the office has since relaxed that policy. But your challenge, I think, intellectual, from intellectual property standpoint, and I'm just jumping in here, is you have to be in interstate commerce. You literally have to be in federal interstate commerce, which, um, you know, unless you're in two states, you can't even claim if you're like if you only have a license in Virginia, for example. So that's an interesting, interesting challenge you have to be creative with, I think fantastic like there's again i could go for hours on this and i've sucked up an hour of your time and i told you it would be like 30 minutes i really appreciate you diving in deeply with us um and we may get feedback from listeners and i'll ask listeners hey if you're out there and you have questions let us know and we might ask you back for a short session to with like 100 follow-up questions if you if, if you're willing of course um so thank you thank you um you know to barney and you and your firm for everything you've done for us. You've been very helpful. Listeners, thank you for joining us for this third in a three-part series of the Black Letter Podcast. Download us wherever you get your podcasts, iHeartRadio, iTunes, the Android Store. We love you. Listen to us and hit Kevin up with emails. He just invited you to do it uh, with your questions. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Black Letter Podcast. Thanks for joining us. That's all for today's episode of Black Letter. Thanks again for listening. Join us next time when we talk about more Black Letter issues in creative ways. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And check out our website at blackletterstudios.com.